Mitä pelataan podcast? My favorite games of all time that I own. 2020 edition part 6 positions 54 to 46. Welcome back to the list. Now it's been two weeks since I recorded last time and I think that in the previous episode I said that Newton wouldn't be as heavy as Board Game Geek suggests that it is. Um, I played it almost the following day after recording, and uh, let's say that Board Game Geek is not that much wrong. <laughs> There are so many decisions to think during your turn. So, yeah, I was wrong. Board Game Geek is right. It's about the correct weight. So the people are correct. Now that we have that out of the way, today's list has six games that were on the list earlier most of them have fallen down one has gone up a bit i have no idea why but it's gone up a bit for this year and there are three new games on the list one of them is newer than when i made the list last time two are probably older or one might be about the same time but i hadn't played it earlier but they're on the list now today's set is quite mixed There are some lighter games and some heavier games and at least one that takes very long to play. But let's get on with the list. On 54th position in the list is an abstract game from 2003 and this is a game in the GIF series of games and this was the only one that I had played when I made this list, and this is Yinsh. Since then I've played Tsar, Tvon and Tzerts, and all of them are really good, and all of them are different. It's interesting how Chris Burm was able to, or has been able to, create similar feeling games with similar components, but that are still very different from each other. Yinsh is an abstract game where you try to place stones on the table, by moving a circle along lines and when you get five stones in a row you remove those and you remove one of your circles also from the game and whoever has three first wins the game and whenever you your circle goes over uh, a stone on the table it flips so black becomes white and white becomes black so it's a very tactical and strategic abstract game it kind of reminds me of Otello But I've only played Otello on computer and I didn't like it years ago when I played it that much. It's similar but different. I think Yins is the most popular from these Kip series games as it's second in ranking for abstract games in BoardGameGeek. And I don't know what makes it the most popular because I think Tsar would be the easy, easy one for people to learn because it's just everything is on the table and you just begin playing. And here you begin by setup. You put the circles to the board and then you begin creating these lines for yourself. This also takes a while to play because if you want to play it well you have to think a bit longer than in some other abstract games. Because all your moves affect everything on the board. And you can flip discs and then flip them back and then You can score the lines or you can by mistake make the opponent get the line and that's not a good thing. Anyway, on the 54th position was 
Jens. And Jens was on 33rd position last time I made this list. So it came down a bit. But nothing that serious. It's still on the list. On the 53rd position in the list is a game that probably takes the longest to play on my whole list. This is a train game and it's kind of a placeholder but then again not yet a placeholder because I haven't played many of these 18xx games. This is the first or the second but first in its line. So 1830 Railways and Robber Barons. This is the beginning of a system or a line in 18xx along the 1829 line. If I understood right, one of them is different and one of them is different line, but these are the two lines, 1830 and 1829. And I had only played 1846 before I played 1830, so <laughs> this was a bit heavier and longer than 1846. That was mostly operations, operations, operations. But I noticed that I liked this one more. Also, this is very brutal. You can, you can really, how to say, you can piss to your opponent's breakfast cereal. <laughs> so to say, that's a Finnish saying, but maybe it works in English as well. Piss to someone's cereal, yes. <laughs> Very easily, by playing around with the stocks and everything. The 18xx games are basically train games. There's a map, and you buy shares, and if you have the majority of shares to a company, you are the head of that company and you make decisions for that company. You have separate money from the companies. All the companies have their own money and they make their own track and they run their own trains. Running meaning that the train goes from point A to B or C or D and then you collect money from that. Then you decide if you give the money to the stock owners or shareholders rather or if you keep it in the company. And then the share values are affected by your decisions and they go up or down and so on and so forth. The goal is to have the most money at the end of the game as a player, not as a company, but as a player. I don't think these 18xx games are difficult. They just take long, so you have to be able to focus for a long time. And what is the most difficult thing to people who have played games is probably that you have separate companies and you have separate money for yourself. So you are not playing for yourself, you are operating the companies. When you get that, these games are not that difficult, I think, in my opinion. And this 1830 is, in my opinion, really elegant because it doesn't have that difficult rules. You just basically play, but it takes long. And you have to play players and you have all the time stay focused. It's a long game, but it's a really good game. And I would play this often if I had people to play it with me but it seems that my play group doesn't really have that much time me neither all the time but it seems that this is basically just a con game and let's see when we will have a convention here because of the situation currently in the world but anyway game on my 53rd position 1830 railways and rubber barons by francis tresham and I have the Mayfair version, the newer one. And this I hadn't played before making the list the last time. On the 52nd position, we are continuing with 18xx, 
but this is not a train game. This is Chicago 1875, City of the Big Shoulders. I went without any hints because I already earlier talked about Arkwright and now just a moment ago I talked about 1830 and this City of the Big Shoulders combines the elements from both games very well in my opinion. It combines the market and the appeals and such from Arkwright and it also combines the stocks from the 18xx quite well and that you have separate companies and the company's monies and your personal money. So basically if you would want to learn the bit heavier Arkwright or 18xx games you could play this first and then you would know partly both of them and I think this does it quite well I'm currently playing this on board game arena and let's see what will happen this last round going I think Clef from Punchboard Paradise will win that game because he's probably played it 100 or maybe 200 times already but I'm in competition for the second position I think. But let's see. It seems that Clef didn't notice the goals for the end of the game. So basically this is a combination of Arkwright and 18xx games. You can get a company. You have to begin. I mean you have to start a company in the beginning of the game and then you have the shares and you sell the goods from the company after producing them. Then you give the money to the shareholders or you can keep the money but I don't see a reason to keep them often because as long as there are some shares in the company if you divide the money the money goes to the company and that's not a bad thing it's actually a good thing in all of these games and yeah I played this in physical form with the expansion and I think that I definitely want the expansion but it's sold out everywhere and I want to get that burden of destiny from somewhere because it gives more companies and in the base game the uh, division of the companies according to the types of the companies is a bit strange because there are more companies of some type than of some other type and basically if you take a company in a field that there are no competition to you you can freely just produce and sell with that company for the whole game compared to if you take a company that there are three other companies in competition for and this burden of destiny expansion fixes that in a way it gives companies to those other fields as well and in my opinion it's necessary to this game to enjoy it to the fullest but let's see when it's available i wouldn't mind if Gwinnett games sent me one but i don't think <laughs> they can do that they will sell out immediately when they produce them more if you know when a reprint is coming please let me know so i can get one the game is from 2019 and it's designed by Raymond Chandler III and published by Parallel Games and also Quinet Games. I have the Quinet Games version myself as I mentioned already related to the expansion. And yeah, I think I will want to play this more and more. At the end I don't really know which one would be the best for me. Now I'm comparing this Arkwright and 18xx, let's say 1830. Because I should play all of these games more times to be able to compare them fairly. Currently this is my favorite from these three games. But let's see. Maybe Arkwright would be the best if I play more with the waterfront. Maybe 1830 would be the best. But this is also the shortest of these. 
the city of the big shoulders and it combines those two games so let's see maybe this will stay my favorite and be my favorite and even run further away from the other ones if i had played this board game arena game of this before making this list this would be higher this would be maybe 20 positions higher so currently this is my favorite from this but now it's here on the 52nd position chicago 1875 City of the Big Shoulders. On the 51st position is the only game that has risen this time from 57th position. So just a bit up. And as I said, I have no idea why, because I haven't played this since the last time I made this list. But I think that I have so much will to play this now that it's this high currently. It's from Uwe Rosenberg, and I have the old version, I don't have the revised edition of Agricola, and it's published in 2007 by Lookout Games and Seaman Games and whatever is my version. I think I have the Seaman Games English version from old times. I don't think I would like the family version, I might like the revised edition, but I haven't even played that because I think this is fine. I have the expansion for this and... I think you should always play with the cards. And this is two-player game to me. I like it two-player. And we like it with the wife also two-player. We haven't played it for a while, but we really like it. Also, it's very punishing. I said when I talked about Caverna earlier that let's see if this will be on the list. And in my opinion, if I compare this to Caverna is too loose. I mean, you can make mistakes, you can do what you want, and you still don't get punished. Here, yeah, I know people complain that you have to do these certain things, but so what? That's the game. You have to do these certain things, and what you do better than your opponent or opponents, besides doing those things that are required, will decide the winner in the game. And I like it that because you have to do these certain things, you have to feed your people and so, and have a certain number of certain things, that creates competition for the positions on the board and it makes this worker placement aspect of the game very tight whereas in Caverna if you lose a spot then no, I take the other spot I'll get just one call less but I like more this tightness in this game especially with low player counts and that's why this one is here higher than Caverna on 51st position Agricola On the 50th position in the list is a game that was on position 14 last time I made this list. It's come down and that reason why it's come down is because I haven't played it. Since making the list Agricola went up for the earlier spots but this one is coming down because this needs repeated plays to stay fresh. And this is from 2018 designed by Eric M. Lang published by come on and it's the big brother to Ankh and it's rising sun I didn't have many or much expectations when I went into this game and I was surprised how well it works it felt like it might not work this making these pacts or alliances with other peoples but it worked somewhat well i really also like this combat system in the game that you assign the coins to the parts of combat 
where you want to assign them to. So you don't have to necessarily fight. You can just basically kill yourself <laughs> and you still get points. And you can change your tactics and change your strategy a bit according to what cards you get and how the game flows. So this is, in a way, it's mostly negotiation, but you also need to play to your faction strengths and you also need to play to your opponent's weaknesses and that's why i like this this much i mean as a game on paper it shouldn't be this high it's not my style of game i don't really like negotiation and i hate backstabbing i hate backstabbing but in this game it works in a way works works it works very well but I should play this again before making the list next time. If I can't, then this, this won't be on the list anymore. It's going down because it's staying on the shelf. And the game on the 50th position was Rising Sun. On the 49th position in the list is a game by Richard Garfield and the Yellow. This is published in 2017. And I still don't have the expansion, although it has chocobos and rainbows and clouds and even unicorns. I think I don't even remember what all there is. But this is Bunny Kingdom. This is a nice game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it has to be nice if it's on the 49th position of the list. It was 27 last time, so it came down a bit. But here, this is a drafting game. There's cards in the game. There are magic items, some action cards, and then there's location cards and you draft and you do what you chose from the cards if it's an item you keep the item if it's action you do the action and if it's a place on the map you place a bunny there and you try to create areas of your own bunnies that have uh, many different codes in them and preferably some cities also and then whoever has the most points in the end of the game wins the game this is a game where you can hate draft a lot I don't personally like hate drafting, especially if there's like four players or three players, because if you hate draft and the others don't, you basically just ruin your own game and the others just play their game. In the worst possible, not worst, but in a possible outcome is that if one person hate drafts, only the person who they are hate drafting against will play badly and the player will play badly and then the remaining player or players will just run away to the victory if they play nice so basically i usually play nice i only hate draft when it benefits me if it doesn't benefit me i don't do it but in this game you can really really take <laughs> important cards from others if you want to to ruin their areas in the land but anyway this is a nice game you have to try it if you haven't tried it in my opinion if it's possible to try it has cute bunnies and nice cities and everything and I really should get the expansion for this. So on the 49th position, Bunny Kingdom. The game on the 48th position just got a reprint with a new art style, not necessarily the style, at least the box is different style. There was nothing wrong with the art in the earlier one. I think it's one of the prettiest games there are. Around, it's uh, published by Ludonaut, designed by Cedric Shabusit, 
I don't know how to pronounce it. Shabusat, Shabusit, anyway. It's Lewis and Clark, The Expedition. It's from 2013, and I've played this in Board Game Arena also lately. And we played a four-player game with uh, a friend of mine, and then there was this Daniel from the game table, and Jeremy from Blueback Pinkback, and it reminded me that it becomes so chaotic with four people and it just drags and drags and drags. It was fine in board game arena, but I think I will never play it with four players anymore on the table. I've done it once. My first game was with four players and it was too long. This is probably best with two. Might be possible to be very good with three also. We played a three player game in board game arena. That was fine. But... I still think two is the best. Three is good because you, whenever you collect something, you check the number of symbols from your neighbors. In a bit like in Seven Wonders, so you only compare to neighbors when it comes to military there. Here you only compare to you know, your neighbors when it comes to collecting these resources and how many symbols are available. In four player game one is like you don't care what one does. Except that he probably or she probably ruins your game if you don't care. But you don't care about their symbols, what they are. In three-player game, you care about the symbols from all of them. All of the other players. And in two-player game, you play against one person. So either two or three. Not more. Five, don't ever try. Unless you're a masochist or don't have anything else to do. It will just take ridiculous amount of time. Extra players only bring extra time here. And also, here your turns can take very long if you think long. And because everything combos with everything and you have to consider many options, different options when you choose what to do, then it also makes it longer. Anyway, on the 48th position in this list, Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark was on 38th position last time, and now it's 48, so it dropped 10 spots, but it's on the way back up because of the recent place in Board Game Arena. On the 47th position in this list is a game designed by Michael Kiesling and Andrea Schmidt. It's published by Eggertspiel. And it's published in 2017. This is a new game on the list. It is Heaven and Ale. Heaven and Ale is a game where you go in a circle. And you take whatever there is in the place where you land on. Or where you go to. And you cannot go back on the circle. And I like this mechanism in games. There was Glenmore 2 earlier already on the list, that you can go as much as you want forward and then when you stop you do what you do in where you land and that's it. But you can't go back, so you might leave stuff that you pass to other people. This game has a very good building mechanism in that you're trying to build to your board where you have this monastery. There's dark side and light side if you build on the Dark side, those places generate money, and if you build on the uh, light side, they generate resources. And you have to collect all the resources to be able to make 
proper ale and score the most points at the end of the game. And you have to balance what resources you collect and what you score. There are just a certain number of uh, scorings. You have to take a disc and when you score something you don't score it again uh, during the game. And then you can fulfill objectives from the middle of the board and get points from those as well. This is really good game and I think it's good with three or four. I haven't played with two but I should try it with two and I think it would work with two also very well. I'm actually very interested to try this with the wife so she can experience this game as well. This is much better than you might think from the uh, box cover or from reviews. Uh, some say that it has no theme but in, a, in my opinion there is theme because you have to get the correct ingredients to the ale and you have to balance what there is. I mean if it's only water it's not ale or if it's only hops then it's not ale either. You have to have the perfect balance to make it taste good and then you have the monks and they affect the production and scoring and everything and I think this is a good game. If you have a chance to play this, you should try it. It's not very long, it's quite quick and it plays very, very, very quickly. It's snappy and that's always a good thing in this kind of game. Where you move somewhere and you build something that your turns are very quick. You don't have to think long. You just, you can in advance think that I will move there. And if someone takes that spot, then I move there. And if someone takes that spot, I will move there. So you can, in a way, decide many turns in in advance that where will you go and what will you do with your action. And I really think that this needs to get to the table again. Heaven and Ale on the 47th position in this list. On 46th position in this list is a game from 2013 and it's designed by Mac Gertz, published by P.D. Verlag and it has lots of new maps and one big proper expansion, no two actually, I don't have Venus yet, I have Salsa and this game is Concordia. Uh, Venus brings some kind of a team play, I didn't get that expansion yet. I don't know if I will get it, but I think I have all the other maps that can be added to this game. This is a very, very elegant game. Very few rules, very easy rules, very easy to play, but it works well that you have cards in your hand and you choose what to do and others can copy you if they want to copy you and you produce at certain times and you have limited number of space for the resources you have a certain number of people that can move on the map you have certain number of boats that can move on the map and everything works almost flawlessly together the scoring is a bit um how can i say the scoring is a bit different in this game and if you haven't played it I really suggest that you do this intermediate scoring that it says in the rule book to do that when the cards run out the first time when you use all your cards in your hand you do a, a sample scoring and check how the scoring is done 
because if you don't do that, people who play the game might not understand how it works, this scoring, because you score depending on the god or goddess that relates to the card that you have in the deck. So if you have a certain number of certain color cards, they score in a different way than different color cards, and it's multiplied and it's a bit, it's difficult to explain before you play the game, but during the game you will probably understand how it works. But this is a very simple rules, elegant game. It might become stale after more plays, but it's not boring to me yet. I have still a few maps that I haven't played. So <laughs> let's see. Salsa is good and I think that this fish that come with the uh, expansion maps after Venus, I think, the newest ones, they should be good as well. I haven't tried with the forum tiles, I don't know how they are, but salt is good and the salsa expansion is good. And this should be played by people. <laughs> you should try it if you haven't tried it, if it's possible to try it. You might not like it, because if you want some theme, then if you don't try to find the theme from this, you won't find the theme from this. <laughs> but if you try, you can find some theme. At least the maps are there. <laughs> <laughs> to make it bound to some location in the world, in the old times. The last game on today's list on 46th position was Concordia. And this was 17th last time on the list. It came down, I don't know why, maybe it's on its way to becoming stale, but it's still here. And here is in top 5% of all the games that I've played, so... It's in a very good position still. That's about it for the list this time. Let's see when this will come out. If Hanno from Hukkares will be able to attend a game day on Tuesday that we were planning, I will put this out on Monday so he can listen to it on the way <laughs> driving here. But other than that, it will come maybe latest 14th of August I'll try to put a few more episodes this same week this will very likely be available before 14th of August so that's why I'm saying that there will be more episodes possibly so going onwards uh, the games on the next part of the list there are five games from the previous time I made the list uh, four of them are almost in the same positions as earlier, well almost, within 15 spots. One has fallen down a bit. There are four new games that I hadn't played earlier. Two of them are new, two of them are older, but all of them are new in my collection that I played lately. Mm, that's about it. I hope you're enjoying these lists and still continue to listen to them. And subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to this so I know my subscriber number. It's currently 11 in Podcast Addict, but there are over 200 listens to the intro and a bit less for the other episodes. So it would be nice to have it in right order. Also leave a review if you think you should leave a review, but be honest in it, like I am in mine. Don't leave five stars because I ask you to. Leave how many stars you think is proper.
You can find this podcast in SoundCloud at Mitä Pelataan. You can find it from iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast catchers you use. You can find me from Instagram and Twitter at Mitä Pelataan. There's a page in Facebook at Mitä Pelata. I have a blog, mitapelataan.wordpress.com, where I have some written reviews and these combined. You can find all the relevant links from Linktree forward slash mitapelataan. Send me email to mitapelataan at gmail.com. I try to make this list into YouTube as well, but let's see when I manage to do that. Thank you for listening, as always, and I hope you're back for more. Bye-bye! Thank you for the music goes to Grimwater.